0: So, it's been a minute since I've done an episode, and I'm excited to share with you today's guest. Before we get into it, though, I wanted to give a shout out to the guys at the Black Co Radio because it was there that I was introduced to the guest that I have on today. Today's guest is Crow of Crow 777 Radio, and he's been around for a very long time. And I consider better late than never, but I definitely took a lot, a lot of time over the last couple of weeks to deep dive into his work. And I'm going to link some of that in the description below because I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. And there's plenty to see after to catch up to where he's, what he's been up to, and you won't be disappointed. So, Anyway, shout out to the guys at the Black Pearl Radio, and as I said, it's been a minute. And so on today's episode with Crow, we are going to be discussing many things, really, and the main takeaway, I would say, is the connection between all things rather than the rejection or the polarization towards one particular thing as your truth, and the loss of ascension or the loss of gnosis that can come when you deny yourself truth because of rejection because of story and all of that kind of stuff we talk about a lot of different things we talk about alchemy we talk about the sky clock and its correlationship to the correlationship to the human body (laughs) and the relationship to the human body We talk about the electrical perspective in terms of the laws of gender when referring to Walter Russell. We talk about feminism. We talk about the age of deceit. We talk about many, many things, and we deep dive into Christian mysticism at one point as well, and we talk about the biblical teachings and how they relate to the occulted stuff that we've been reading over the years. And we both share a little bit of our personal story, and I think it's a great episode I have to say, I'm I'm curious to see how people will find this episode in particular, because it does talk about a lot of biblical texts, and people tend to kind of shut off, or they have a tendency to identify you as a particular thing, but neither of us are presenting any particular thing as truth. We're simply saying that the truth is available to you in many different things if you have eyes to see it, and the will to desire to see it as well, so... With that being said, I'm very excited to introduce to you today's guest. Today we have Crow of Crow 777 Radio, a legend in the space, and without further ado, let's get into it. So in the last couple of years, I've started being a little bit more vocal on social about my perception of things going on in the world and also some of the things that I've been reading on my own journey And uh, what really drew me to you, as I mentioned, was your thoughts on the new age versus the old world thinking. And something that I've noticed people reaching out to me is they were expressing a lot of, I have a Christian upbringing, and I think the new age is very sexy, or it's very intriguing, but there's something about it, I can't really pull myself into really embodying it all the way." But then if I mention it, I get gaslighted as I'm programmed, I'm stuck in fear. And so I thought that something that I noticed in that was the sentiment of there's a lot of information and chaos and that if you can stand in the middle of all of it without polarizing, you stand at this great juncture of of insight and, and gnosis. And that was something that I observed in you. And so I'm very curious as to your thoughts on basically standing in the face of chaos and observing these two worlds or two frames of thoughts.
1: To take the first part of where you started, language has become a real problem for us. It's become such a problem that I've gone so far as to take words like astronomy and astrology and throw them out and use words like sky clock so that you're not losing half the audience, you know, you choose a word and all of a sudden, 50% of the people are, oh, all that's nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed as you started speaking, you used words like new age, these are problematic because they have baggage. Mm-hmm. And so if you begin to boil down um, the problems that we face just to communicate in such a divisive kind of atmosphere that we've arrived in uh, by design, what you have to start to do is recognize um, the difference between Places you will go to learn or to try to learn where there is no truth and places where you will go where there is unquestionable truth. And in that, what I found, and nobody can tell me different now. I don't argue about it. I know what I know. It's like someone telling me the sky is green. Well, I'm not really going to talk with you because Mm -hmm. it's self-evidence that's not correct. Nature. There is no lie in nature. As a matter of fact, I was just reading one of my old blogs where I tell this ridiculous story about myself when I'm 14 years old. The blog is called I See the Forest and the Trees and the Grand Illusion. And it's a good outline of exactly what we're talking about. Because I tell this ridiculous tale, but wrapped within the ridiculous tale that's unacceptable, unbelievable, there are critically important truths. And then I go on at the end uh, to point out how i solved my problems about bad information in an age of lies and deceit this is not an age of technology mm-hmm. this is an age of deception so what it is yeah. and once you understand that and know that you'll stop accepting man-made systems because they're untrustworthy and the reason for that is because the people who control social media the news these things that spew data at us day and night they do not have our best interests at heart and so You've got to go back to nature. There is no lie in nature. When you, when you learn a thing in nature, then you will have learned something that you can bury in your heart. You'll never have to question it. In the blog I just mentioned, I make the kind of bizarre claim at the end that I learned from a monk things that would never need to be questions, but it was a game I was playing on the reader because it was a chipmunk that taught me, not a robed human being monk. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think these are important things to try to boil down to. You have to get beyond deception. And this entirety of where we are right now is built on fear and deception.
0: Yeah. And I think it's interesting that you mentioned nature because it reminds me also of the alchemical process as well. And I believe alchemy also correlates to understanding not just the nature on the earthly plane, but also in the heavenly bodies. Is that correct?
1: As above, so below, but people should not be fooled there either. Alchemy has a dark side. And the proof of that is every time you go watch a movie, you're being alchemically processed. Every time you turn on the news, you are being alchemically processed. It is the very reason that at the top of every episode image that I create for Crow Triple Seven Radio, it tells you at the top that what I'm doing here is showing you that your mind is being alchemically transmuted into nonsense, into belief in nonsense. Um, And so Like all things in this world of duality, there is a positive side of alchemy, but we've seen precious little of it in our era. The thing about alchemy is back in the day, seemingly it was a science that respected nature and would never go beyond what nature allows. And it was our best attempt at showing how the system of nature is moving along and working and how we as human beings can interact and be in step with nature but, you know, the, the very thing we're talking about, we're a million miles away. That is the fall, mm-hmm. the fall talked about in religions. We left nature behind and machines and science and systems have built this web that we all live in now. You know, there's a reason it's called the World Wide Web, because we're all caught in it.
0: And it's almost kind of like the idea of where we're headed with technology is further severing us from the, the the organic nature of things and moving into this like transhuman and very ungrounded. I, I know a little bit, I, I'm diving into Steiner a little bit, and I like how he talks about the two impulses of the, the Luciferic and the Aromonic impulses that are seeking to pull us out of that middle path or that Christed path. How do you observe this occurring in our reality at the moment, and especially with regards to scientism and and the stars and the celestial bodies?
1: Well, let me start by saying Steiner's a good place to go. Um, this nonsense with the, if you touch someone, you'll die nonsense going around the world right now. Mm-hmm. Steiner wrote about that 100 years ago, or something like 100 years ago, where he said things like it was proven that a mask just made you get, you know, Upper respiratory infections and things like that. Mm-hmm. So these things were known 100 years ago. So this is what I'm talking about, about the modern edit, which I marked about 1911, to make a double pun, because mm-hmm. the 911 idea is wrapped up in there. But to get back to the point. Um, actually, I think I lost the point. What was the main question there? I'm sorry.
0: No worries. It's just, what is your view in terms of these impulses that are trying to drive spirit out of, out of us and deceive us?
1: So here's the thing. Um, We live in an era where there I'll, I'll just say men and women, because I don't have their names, but the people who control the systems that matter, like money and news and information and movies and all the things that create our fake culture, um, They're trying to take it all over and they're trying to slave us out. And as a matter of fact, they're trying to diminish the herd. Uh, In other words, they're even using a perversion of nature, which kind of applies to human beings, that if you're in a forest and you're so weak and clueless that you can't survive, you don't deserve to be here. Mm -hmm. And this comes to the question you ask, these impulses, do you go with this or do you go with that? We're in an age where we're going into air ideas And whether we've reached that or the language is just being forced, I can't tell you. I accept that we've transitioned, but I can't prove it. In that, the tide is coming in and human consciousness is coming in. And so what that means is if a group of people want to stop the tide from coming in, good luck with that, folks. You may pull it off for a day or a week, but the tide Mm -hmm. is freaking coming in. Eventually, the tide is coming in. And that leaves us with choices. And things like being inoculated or other things, which are seemingly completely untested and bizarre and may well be designed to diminish your ability to lift in consciousness. Mm -hmm. Um, These are decisions we're going to make. And what it's going to come down to for most people is, are you married to the systems of men or are you married to the spiritual nature of what it means to be the highest living thing in this world called a human being? Now, if you value the spiritual side You will walk away from so much to protect it. And that is the offer that is on the table. Now you want to keep your job, do these things and you can tell they're not helpful. Why are they being forced on us? If it's a good, you know, when good things come around, people can choose. Yeah. Well, that seems like a good, that's not what's going on now. What's going on now is you're going to lose. You're going to have hardship. You can't fly on planes unless you do these things that we are illegally mandating. So I guess that's the way I would go at it. Are you a person who's just interested in keeping your job? Or are you a person who's interested in the spiritual higher mindedness that could be yours as the apex living thing here in this world? Who's basically in charge of caretaking this place?
0: Yeah. And I, I think also it's interesting because we've kind of moved into this new place. Well, we've been existing in this place, I think, for a while where the overarching ideas materialism. And it's not just in like the house, the car, the watch. It's like, I'm only a physical body. And so trying to communicate to people who don't have that recognition of we're more than just the body. And it's not just in like, because some people can understand that in thinking, but there's not really a true knowing of, I'm more than just this. And so they fall prey to these perpetuated distortions that are seeking to drive you in a particular direction that's not in your highest good and and it helps preserve their status quo. Um, What I thought was really interesting about you is you mentioned the concept of Christian mysticism, which I think is interesting because a lot of people, as I mentioned, they almost seem like they feel like they need to make a choice. And you then go into talking about the sky clock and how This is like the real true point of of access and understanding. And you've also mentioned the concept of a second son. I was wondering if you would share a little bit more into your work and what you've discovered over the years.
1: Well, let me start here. Maybe Um, the average person has been so pulled into hypermaterialism, which is what science is, by the way. Now it's actually scientism or some other weird word we could make up. It's not what it's set out to be. And it is based in hypermaterialism, And this started probably around the Renaissance. Everyone thinks the Renaissance was something that it, it wasn't. It was mm-hmm. the start of the onset of hypermaterialism, where all of a sudden rock stars were rock stars because they made this art. And it didn't matter if the art meant anything. Um, but to get to the point, yeah, we live in a society where many people were brought up in a Western religion and told, if you appreciate the sun, you're going to hell that's, that's evil right there. How can that have ever occurred? Do you like light in your world? The sun Mm -hmm. provides that for us. Do you like heat? Do you like having food? Do you like everything that's available to you here? Well, without the sun, you got none of it. Mm
0: -hmm. So if
1: you've lost track of the ability to reason out what the men in black are telling you versus what you can observe for your, for your own mind, then that's where it starts. Uh, But the sky clock is the be-all and end-all. It is the only clock for this place. And I say so often, we've come to a point where we say, hmm, is it noon? Let me look at my cell phone. Yep, it's noon. Well, I got news for everyone listening. That's not noon. Your your cell phone might come close a few times a year. But the only real noon that exists in this world is the height of the apex of the arc of the sun in any given day called solar noon. Mm
0: -hmm. There it is.
1: So even the way we mark time and calendars is completely bereft of any anchoring to reality. Um, and when I say reality, the sky clock is the be all and end all. It is what creates every possibility. Every And pe- here's the thing. People should know this. Do you understand there is a summer? Mm-hmm. And do you understand that six months later, there will be a winter? What caused that? Mm-hmm. Now, if you've got two brain cells to rub together you will understand that the sky clock caused that if you want to take it a little further you could do things like say well let's take the largest living thing we're told exists the great barrier reef how is it that it spawns in exactly the same lunar cycle every year in the same month all together across all this massive massive life what's doing it the sky clock here where i live in rhode island every summer these ancient looking things called horseshoe crabs come ashore to make the next generation. What's doing it? The sky clock is doing it all. And so if we boil it back to simply saying, what's the difference between I'm hot in summer and I'm cold in winter, and you can't get to the sky clock, then you've got some work to do. That is what is causing it. And if it is that extreme and that visible and has that much apparent effect on our lives, then how is it that we don't recognize how much more uh, is governed by what's going on there?
0: Yeah, I think it's also interesting too, because if you take, take into account the sky clock and how everything is connected, then you would really honor your body differently and you wouldn't be so open to inoculation or all of these other things that hijack and alter your body at a genetic level which I think occurred prior to where we're at with the current situation. I think even in the food supply and our environment, which I think is interesting. And since we are thinking about the sky and all of that stuff, I'm learning a little bit about teachings of Walter Russell and how he mentions that all is light. And so it makes me wonder If everything is light and through violent motion, you create form or the illusion of form, are planets nothing more than luminary expressions of something, or do you believe that they are actual physical places and destinations?
1: That's a tricky question because I could go on either side of the line you just drew and and have something to say. But Mm -hmm. what I will say is from our point of view, they are luminaries. We don't leave this place. This place is like a hermetically sealed alchemist's flask. The the firmament talked about in the Bible is what I call the hard, fast barrier, is what the flat earth community calls a dome. It's Mm -hmm. there. Um, I did years of telescope work, and I am confident in saying we do not leave basically what I'll call our atmosphere with matter. We are tuned to this place, and I'm glad you brought up Walter Russell, by the way. Uh, Amazon has banned the selling of his books if you can imagine that Mm -hmm. Um, as a matter of fact the Walter Russell Museum was in dire straits in 2020 Uh, luckily when they came on my show so many people took an interest it was a big help to keep them going but how can it be such innocuous innocent written materials are banned from a place like Amazon this is our future yeah. This this is the the multinational control on information, but to get back around to the point, I refer to the sun, the moon, and what we call planets, luminaries. And the reason I call them that is because that's what we can know where we are. Is there more? Certainly there is more. Can you find it written about in old, old texts? Certainly you can. But the problem becomes, if you have not worked your way into knowing in these veins, it will seem otherworldly to you and hard to grasp.
0: I I am curious. I'm not very versed in the second sun idea. I know people have observed it, but I've always, I always thought of it as a, a spiritual sun. Is it an actual physically observable thing or is it just something in context of spirituality?
1: All right. I'm going to say some things that are unproven and I'm going to caveat everything. I'm going to say that it's no different than the lunar wave. When I first said, this is a thing, there were years of people who wanted to down it and attack it they don't do that anymore it is what it is we don't know what causes it but it's there the second sun is no different um as a matter of fact if you want to get hollywood's poke in your eye go look at the sequel to 2001 a space odyssey it's a movie called 2010 that ends with the new era and a double sun. i filmed it first in the spring I think it was April I don't remember of 2015 and at that time I didn't have nearly the experience filming the sun that I did filming the moon so I wasn't I wasn't as sure of myself to say the things that I was going to say back then I did everything I could to prove that it wasn't somehow connected to lens flaring, the equipment I was using. I was using a hydrogen alpha telescope to see it back then. We couldn't see it with our naked eyes. Now, some years later, a man named Chris Van Maitre duplicated exactly what I did. As it stands now, that man shot it in Colorado. He shot it again in Houston, and he shot it again at the Solar Return Festival. And that is a whole story of coincidence, and there is no such thing as coincidence my co-host jason lingren met him at the solar return put us on the phone i said it's been a long time since i've been able to film i want to get back to it i want to do the sun and prove the double sun in in an inarguable way and one of the things i want to do is get polarized filters and put it over the hydrogen alphascope and he said lo and behold i brought my hydrogen alphascope and there's a lady named Cami who has all these polarized filters they went out the next day, they shot the second sun in an entirely different position than we'd ever seen it, and they eclipsed. I don't want to get this backwards. They eclipsed with the polarized filter the sun that we see and could not eclipse the sun we don't see. I feel like I'm getting this backwards and I'm getting discombobulated. Anyhow, they eclipsed one of the images, which means certain things when you apply polarized filters. And I maybe I should drop it there before I mess up <laughs> too badly, but no having said that... I have been searching for years now, and when you called it the spiritual sun, I think you nailed it on the head. I think it was described long ago. And there are people who I've had on my show who were trained in Ayurvedic medicine, Chinese medicine. And when I first approached them, people I respect a lot and said, hey, I think I filmed the second sun. They said, yeah, Crow, we know that. We were taught that there's a source sun. And then I started going back to all the Masonic woodcuts, you know, those line Mm -hmm. drawings. And you always see a hole in the clouds with light or energy coming through and powering up our sun and moon. It's everywhere. But the problem is, what does it really mean? And what are we really looking at? But right now I'll go on the record. It's there. There's there's what we could call a second sun, but we don't know a lot about it. And by the way, I suspect as we go further into the new era we're in, where they're trying to retard us all, the second sun will at some point become common knowledge because there are times at sunset it can be seen with your naked eyes.
0: What are your thoughts on the Schumann resonance and how there's been these solar spikes or the spikes in the Schumann resonance and the effect on the human body? Do you, do you pay that any mind or do you think that that's actually something to take note of?
1: I would ask, where did you get the information? Did NASA provide that? Did no. some big observatory? How's it being collected?
0: So I believe it's just an independent account. I'm not really sure of the source. So it, to be honest, I'm I'm not sure. And also, even if it is independent, it, who knows, it could be some sort of twisted idea of NASA or something. But, but,
1: but at the base of your question, it's not twisted. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the biggest arts we lost in time temporarily it's not lost forever is a thing called cymatics which is all about vibration Mm -hmm. and as you mentioned walter russell um he has a whole explanation uh for how matter is formed but when you go on youtube and you search cymatics c y like symbol Mm -hmm. cymatics um you'll see people with beautiful sands being vibrated on a plate that make beautiful shapes the problem is most people don't draw the line to what they're witnessing there you are watching form get created out of thin air. You are watching the magic of nature. Yeah. Everything that exists vibrates. So to come back to the question you laid down, whether or not the source is holding water, the idea under what you mentioned is critically, critically important. Vibration, cymatics, waveform, light, all these things are things that we lost track of before the modern edit.
0: It's also interesting too, because you have someone like Bill Gates who is trying to block out the sun and diminish our connection. And so if those things are indicators of influxes of energy or whatever, and then you have someone with such power in this construct that is seeking to diminish that under the guise of global warming, it really begs the question of the intention of these people or these globalists, or as you said, the men in black. What is your thoughts on the current state with regards to global warming or globalism? And in my opinion, the sleight of hand that's at play, what, what is your thoughts on that?
1: It's all, it's all ludicrous. If I hear something from my television, I know what its source was. It's a source based in lies. If it comes out of my television, I don't even care if it's the news, because the news might get the weather right, but it has zero value to me. I will not pay attention. And I'll start by saying, I feel sorry for Mr. Gates. You're yeah. coming to a bad end, buddy, and you may cause misery for a lot of people. But what 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 did the Buddha tell us? There are three th- things that cannot long be hidden. The sun, the moon, and the truth. That's ancient. That is so mm. far before the modern edit. Good luck, Mr. Gates. You may cause a lot of havoc for a lot of people in the short run, but you and your ilk are coming to a bad end you're not going to stop the tide from coming in. You're not going to block the sun. You might cause trouble in the short run. In the long run, nature's going to steamroll your butts. <laughs> um, that's all there is to it. And this is what the fear is doing and all these other things that it, it brings hopelessness Yeah. and hopelessness is a terrible, terrible thing because your mind precedes everything that you perceive in this world. And not only that, your mind helps co-create this world. So if you are caught up in fear and all the things falsehoods, then what is your mind creating here? Well, it's creating Bill Gates' play script. But in the long run, these jokers are going down. In the short run, we've got a lot of serious things to deal with and it's unfortunate, but a lot of people probably are not gonna make it through this run.
0: It kind of reminds me, um, again, to reference Steiner, how he said that in the 21st century, there would be spirits of darkness that would essentially use human hosts to drive the spirit out of man. And it just really feels like that's where we're at. And I am curious because I recently read this quote from Alistair Crowley mentioning his experience with trying to summons Horus or something. And he basically channeled this being that looks like a gray, which I believe actually he did say, today we call them angels or demons, tomorrow they will go by another name. And so given that you've spent so much time looking at space and i'm curious as to your thoughts on this this idea of aliens or extraterrestrials do you believe that these are actually dark spirits or dark energy what like what is your thoughts on that
1: well i don't accept extraterrestrials um there there are definitely dark energies but let's look at the source there Mm -hmm. alistair crowley's like my tv not only is he a proven liar he's also a british intelligence asset Um, he's tied to things like Parson setting up JPL, the fake space agencies. Uh, they claim they made homunculus. They claim they did all these things, but I would steer people to the bright side of life. Go read the Christian mystics and what they have to say with contacting so-called elementals from their point of view. If you contact, we might even call an elemental, a spirit of nature. Maybe it could be called the spirit of the forest. Um, And since we know that day and night are part of our nature, then there's going to be dark sides and light sides to the spirits of what we call nature. But according to what I have heard from the Christian mystics, and I will know nothing more about this because I'm not going down a trail that I'm going to regret. But the point I would make is if you come in contact with elementals in that way, what you're doing is compelling them
0: to do Mm -hmm. a thing,
1: they have no choice they become compelled and there is never not a downside for the person making contact with an elemental. And so people like Alistair Crowley, I have no truck. It's ironic that, that I've gone by Crow triple seven, which was totally based on my birth name that people think somehow that I respected Crowley and I'll put it on the record: I have zero respect for oh, that. Wow. Man. He, was a, he was a liar. Yeah, yeah. He was a liar. He was an intelligence asset and he liked to dance on the dark side. Yeah, and he was a I am, too. <laughs> I'm his polar opposite. I yeah. appreciate the light side. I will never bow to the dark side.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. And it kind of makes me think as well, I was actually talking to a good friend, Conrad, about this is, I think that we're kind of in this state right now, where we're experiencing this premature initiation. So we have a lot of people trying to channel and get in contact with these beings that they think present themselves as good, but they are perhaps interfacing with a lower entity, because at the end of the day, If you are spiritually lazy and you haven't really done that work, then at the core, you would only call forth, in my opinion, something of a lower field that would, as you would say, be compelled to act through you and use you in a particular way. And I, oh, go ahead, please. Well, What
1: you're describing is a bit like handing a lighter and a stick of dynamite to a baby or a monkey right so yeah. so why would anybody be dabbling and I'll I'll tell people go go read Dr George Carey's Antichrist go read that book and learn something about the people who called who identified partially as Christian mystics but they took western scripture and they sought to give you the deeper levels of meaning that the men in black at the altar hint 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 mm-hmm. never told you You want the ultimate magic? Go look at a Catholic mass up on that altar. You're looking at the ultimate magic that Mm -hmm. has swayed more minds in this world than can be counted. But in terms of contacting like entities and things, um, didn't anyone ever tell you don't play with a Ouija board when you were a kid unless you know what the heck you're doing? Why, Why would you do it? You're a human being. You have all kinds of powerful things that you can contribute to this world and if you don't know what you're doing, maybe you shouldn't mess around with it right now. Because I got news for everyone: there is a dark, dark cloud hovering right now.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, what are your thoughts on the non-canon texts, like the Gospel of Thomas or the Book of Enoch? How much reverence do you hold to that? The, these types of things.
1: If it's old, I give it reverence because it's before the modern edit. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. the language that I speak and the era I live in probably make it very difficult to get into the deeper meanings. But if it's old, I want to read it with a caveat. I'm not interested in these demonology in which, you know, all these other things. You have to make a conscious decision.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Nature proves to us that night will follow day. In other words, a human being can go to the dark side and violate no rule. The problem we see in our world is like most of the powerful players that go to the dark side, they go so far beyond that it's beyond inexcusable. Their fall is going to be monumental. The damage they do is going to be monumental, but at the base of where we live in duality, you can go to the dark side if that's your choice. And as long as you're not harming people, then you have violated no rule. I don't go to the dark side. Mm -hmm. The very spirit that is within me rejects it. It's not where I belong. If I was an animal born in the forest, it would be like me going to live in the desert. So you have to make a conscious decision in this world. What are you about? What do you resonate with? What do you want to resonate with? And then you need to be not single-minded, but that's where you need to cast your energies because there are enough traps in this world right now to fill bear traps all day long with the unwary.
0: Yeah. What What is your take on? Let's say, for example, I'm so new to this, and and I'm hearing you speak for the first time, and I'm I'm finding intrigue in this, and I'm like, okay, where do I start? How would you recommend someone sharpening their sword of discernment in such a time where it's like you said, there's this this fog of darkness that's blanketed, and in my opinion, used a lot of perverse half-truths to kind of uh, lead people in directions that are aimless or not really grounding in any particular way.
1: For me, it starts like this. Um, Are you a person that could be convinced that there's these other so-called people across the world? They're not quite human. They just want to strap a bomb to their body and blow up human beings and go get 72 virgins and have. can you still buy into that? Because mm-hmm. if you can, you're not ready. Yeah. If you don't realize the truth is that those are human beings. And if you hurt one of them, they hurt the same way you do. If you make one bleed, the same of the blood is the same color is coming out of you. We are all interlinked and connected. Now, the Christian mystics, which I respect, do a single thing better than most other places I see. It doesn't matter where the knowledge came from. They're saying we're Christian at the base of it and we're mystics, but we learned all these things from the Eastern tradition and the Muslim tradition and all these other traditions. They don't let bigotry come into it. Mm -hmm. So one of the tests, and this was a hard test. I did it myself and I even fooled myself for a couple of years thinking I was there when I wasn't. Imagine the person you like the least in the world, Imagine going up to them, putting your arms around them, hugging them, and honestly wishing them the best. Yeah. There's a test. Now, for me, at first, I thought I had mastered it, but I was just fooling myself. And I, I had proofs come to me to know. But these are the ideas. Do you have compassion for living things? Do you understand that we are all connected? It's not the worldwide web. It's the life web that we're all actually woven into and what happens in one part of the world resonates everywhere. And like when I was in the Marine Corps in the eighties, I watched a country get invaded and I was perfectly okay with it. Well, that'll never happen in the United States. Look at us now.
0: Yeah. If
1: I could have only grown up a bit quicker and understood why, why am I okay with these people being mistreated? This is where it starts. And from there you follow your heart and you follow your intention Do you have spiritual concerns? Well, what path might that be? But it doesn't matter what road you go on. In the same way we could say all roads lead to Rome, all spiritual paths are basically traveling for a similar destination to become higher human beings. That Mm -hmm. is the goal. The idea of heaven, the idea of Nirvana, the idea of enlightenment, they're all just couched in different languages for different cultures and different times.
0: What was the beginning like for you? Were were you, I know you mentioned at quite a young age that you seemed to have a level of awareness, but what was it that threw you into this becoming your work? Was it the fact that you were in the Marine Corps? Was there a trauma, or was it just a general gnosis that you've embodied since you can remember?
1: I always had a problem getting along. When I was young, I thought there was something wrong with me. And so I spent a lot of my lo- young life just partying and faking like there was nothing wrong. But every time I stopped to look at things carefully, none of it made sense. So I'd come to, come to the conclusion, oh, we all just fake like this is okay. So that's what we do. So I'll just smoke a joint and everything's okay. Or I'll do whatever I do to fake like nothing's wrong. Um, to answer your last question, it shows me, I guess. Uh, It came at me a lot of times and I did what I did. And finally, uh, I ended up doing what I'm doing now, but I can track it all the way back to my 20s. The first time I was being tied to what I do now, and I was not aware of it.
0: Was the shift into your work gradual or was it like I'm all in?
1: It was desperation because, you know, people go back and they listen to my early podcasts or the work that I did way back. And they said, how did you know? And my, my response is, how did you not? Yeah. How could you not see that this is all just a facade of lies and deception? You don't even know what the place you live in looks like. You mm-hmm. don't have any idea of true history. You don't, everything is basically a lie at some level. And there, when you see these systems being implemented slowly but surely, you better bet your bottom dollar there's an end game. And that end game came into the light first in 2001 and then jumped into broad daylight, screaming, Go ahead, try to stop me on March 11, 2020. Yeah. Then the night it happened, I stayed up till midnight writing the very last blog that I wrote called The Age of Cowardice Faces an Information War. And in that, I lay down. My question to everyone else is how is it that you didn't know? How is that possible?
0: Do you notice that I'm I don't know if you watch Netflix or anything like that, but do you notice when you open Netflix, everything seems to be really dark and very much about like magic or demons or zombies? Fantasy. Or, yeah. yeah, fantasy. What like what is your what is your take on that? What is the what is Fight. the inclination there?
1: We've done shows, Jason and I, to show you what science fiction is here for. Science fiction is here to program and warp minds. When I was young, science fiction was for childish people and abnormal adults. Look where it is now. As a matter of fact, Blade Runner, called one of the best sci-fi movies of all time, went up for the Academy Award of Best Artwork or, or Costumes. You know who won? Gandhi. (laughs) so so god they just went and got some robes and some sandals and gandhi won that's how little respect was afforded to sci-fi but now look marvel biggest movies in the world star wars so these are things that paint the illusion that then you believe in like can you think of something that has done more to shape your belief in what space is than 1966's Star Trek or 1977's Star Wars? Um, these are poppycock. Yeah. There's not a shred of any of that that even starts to resemble reality, but it gets you to believe in other beings that look like frogs. It gets you to believe what it looks like when a spaceship is around a plant, all these things. It's all fantasy. Yeah. It's all designed to warp your mind.
0: It's kind of like Steiner's Luciferic impulse. It's the right. ungrounded nature that pulls you into the etheric or the, I think the fourth dimension, which there you get preyed on and you become deceived into believing all of these possibilities that aren't actually true. And it takes you away from that anchor point in the middle way. And, and
1: if, it also does another thing. Uh, your values fall by yeah. the wayside. What happened on March, 2020, March eleven? Of course, they got to play their numbers game. The time before it was nine eleven. Now we're three mm-hmm. eleven. Um, but to get back to the point, if three eleven had happened when my father was forty years old, it wouldn't have lasted a day. Yeah, they would have tore it out by its roots, stomped it in the in the courtyard, and buried it the same day. Um, that's how far we've fallen. A lot of that has to do with moral value, with materialism, with drug addiction with instant satisfaction, because that's what this culture is bringing. You know, I saw a study recently where a college professor said, Well, will have some fun. I'd like my class to read. I forget what the classic was, and we'll all have a good time. But they couldn't do it. These were bachelor's degree people who could not calm their mind enough to read an old classic book because they'd lived their whole lives in the flashbang quick cut, glazed world of digitalia. They could no longer slow down to read the classics. And that tells you a big thing because in the 1800s, if you go back to see how far we've fallen since just then, you will find that everybody spoke Latin, Greek, and English. Probably Mm. if you were educated, you were aware of all the classics. There was big respect for women. That's another thing we've lost. Um, All these things that we've lost led to the fall we've taken. And that's not that long ago, the end of the 1800s.
0: Yeah. My mom said something to me once. I remember... I was trying to to understand, I, I did notice that there was something not right with the world. And so I was kind of diving into many different things. And I did, in a way, get very ungrounded. And thankfully, I worked my way through and I started to really align to the older texts. But when I was talking to my mom, she was like, you know, when I was in school, I had to learn ancient Greek. My mom's from Greece. So of course, they had to learn the ancient Greek. They had to learn Latin. She's like, your education now is, is it's trash, Nothing. you know? Yeah. And she said, I said to her one day, I'll never forget this. I was, I so arrogantly told my mom that we're so advanced now. And I said, look at all this technology and where we're headed. And my mom was laughing at me and it almost like in a very loving and compassionate way. She was like, we are not advanced. We we haven't gone anywhere. This is this illusion of advancement. But as a, as a species in our hearts, in our consciousness, in our awareness, We're falling. We're we're mudsliding. Yep.
1: Free fall. Yeah. It's it's like in the sky clock when you pass the height of the power of the sun, you know, around June 21. Every day after that, the power of the sun starts to diminish and spiritual concerns and people start to go to sleep. By the time you're down at that fall equinox, you're about to go into free fall all yeah. the way down to the low point of the sun. Well, we're somewhere we're somewhere between the fall equinox and the low point of the sun. We are falling at a rate that is astonishing.
0: Yeah. I think it's also interesting because when I started looking into the universal one, I started to explore the concept of gender and understanding how it's like a, an electrical aspect of our universe. And I really started to understand gender differently and i and i find it very perverse what's happening in our world this idea of there is no gender and just this concept i think is again creating this idea of a free mind or a liberated spirit but again it's 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 ungrounded and it's not anchoring and it's creating confusion because at the core level of the fabric of our reality you need this masculine or feminine or female electrical Uh, opposites. Um, What are your thoughts on that? That's,
1: That's a fact. What you're talking about is perversion. And if you read things like the universal one, you will learn amazing things like how really polar opposing a man and a woman are, but yet to create these two things come together and a new life is formed. It's almost like somehow oil and water can join momentarily and create this beauty that lets this go on and on. What we see now is perversion. You know, it Mm -hmm. is the idea of Satanism. Mm -hmm. Nature shows me that if I see a rabbit, you know what I know? There's more rabbits in the world. And you know how I know, because I know there's a male rabbit and a female rabbit for the first rabbit to have been there. There is the underlying truth of this creation. What they're engaged in now is they understand that it is very likely women for the first time, the female energy will be dominant in this age we are going into. Mm -hmm. But what they've done, what they started all the way back in the seventies was to pervert our minds with things like women's lib. Well, you women, you could be equal to men, but guess what? You got to act more like men. Mm -hmm. The women's lib of the seventies, which was kicked off by, I forget her name. She's an admitted CIA asset. Um, There's actually a YouTube video of her admitting she's a C Gloria Stein. I forget what. Yeah. yeah. Um, But to get to the point that one act, Jason and I tracked back the the decline in birth rate. Everyone's convinced right now that birth rates out of control. It's been free falling for decades. Mm -hmm. And here's part of the reason why the women's lib movement convinced women That we'll burn our bras, we'll act more like men, we'll get a better paycheck. But guess what? Instead of starting the family at 22 or 24, we'll wait till we're in our 30s. And that one shift decreased birth rate where we are significantly right Mm -hmm. now, what they're doing to try to further pervert it is to act like androgyny, which is an alchemical concept, not a reality. Mm -hmm. Although some people in the world may be androgynous, it's just part of how nature works. It is not the majority of us. And it's nothing to make fun of. It's nothing to stop your day. It's just part of where we live. Yeah, Mm -hmm. there's another rock, there's a tree, there's another human being, move along, move along. Mm -hmm. Um, My point being, They've taken things like Captain Marvel is a good example. Well, that's going to be a girl now. So what they're doing is the same thing. Well, women can be the force that's that's influential right now, but it needs to be more masculine. No, I got news for everybody. The thing that's special or part of what is special about the feminine influence is motherly love. And anyone who had a mother that can't figure that out, well, I don't know what to tell you. And think of right now where we all are, if motherly love would rise to the surface and blanket us all, how better off we'd be. Um, the compassion that would spread instead of this divisiveness and this hatred to damn near everything at this point. So many people uh, are are so easily convinced to hate on this, that, or the other thing. Um, and that really is the key to whether you're completely plugged into the matrix or looking to get your diapers off like I am.
0: Yeah, I think it's really interesting too because from my experience when I moved through this, I definitely drank the feminism Kool-Aid and I resisted it a lot. But the deeper I started to read and get into the, the teachings, the older teachings, the more I really understood why certain things are the way that they are and then when i was learning about walter russell and the concept of gender from an electrical standpoint as you mentioned this like oil and water mixing it's interesting because in i'm greek orthodox so in in our religion you have this i guess it's like an oil candle you put oil and water and you put a wick in it and it lights a fire and you have for as long as you have oil and it's a very I guess it's part of our religious tradition it's during the Week. It's
1: mm-hmm. a metaphor. It's a big metaphor. By the way, I'm half Greek. Oh, cool. Um, but um, I'll tell you what you just did. You could go to the Bible, you know, the virgins who had oils for their lamps and didn't. Uh-huh. Um, the, the book that I mentioned earlier by Dr. George Carey, The Antichrist, will tell you what that means. This is about what's been hidden from you by the men in black in scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the crystal, the sacred, o- the Christos, the sacred oil that comes up from below up into your optic thalamus mm-hmm. and then amplifies the light and spirit within you hundred thousand times or 10,000 whatever it is that they used to describe it. So every time in that old religion, most people have lost track. They know there's something spiritual about the oil and the lamp, but they don't physically know how to realize that every month when the moon goes in to the sign that the sun was in, when you were born, this little spiritual thing starts this journey up towards the optic thalamus. And George Carey will describe this whole thing to you if you care to know. But it's ironic you should bring that up because I had just reread that last night.
0: Wow. I was also going to mention too that it was just Greek Easter, and I believe it's on Holy Thursday. They put oil on your forehead and they make a little cross. And it's kind of like this, it's the chrism that rises up. And that whole Holy Week, the, the fasting, that whole thing is is almost like an occulted ritual it's how of to make reenacting, of being. Yeah. yeah. And so many people don't really realize what's happening. And so I thought that was really interesting. And then to go back to the concept of gender and how you mentioned oil and water, um, the two currents of the male and the female together, when they create, I think Walter Russell says there's like two types of light: white light, di- dark light, or dielectric and magnetic. When they rub together, they make electricity. And that same thing, if you think about it in physical form occurs, and then you have this sexual experience through orgasm in which you create a human being. And so we have our birthday. I think you mentioned this in the episode with the black pill guys, you, you mentioned that your birthday isn't, you know, May 7th, your birthday is actually in the, the moment you were conceived when you were, what is it? The at zygote. The zygote.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the psycho
0: Which would which then alludes to the fact that everything you know about yourself is thrown off, and yep. you're you're being swayed. You're you're you've been shifted into this overlay of a nine period, a nine month period in which you've existed, but you're not you're not at all honored uh, or you know. or,
1: ap- or appreciating the priceless gift you've been given. You've been yeah. granted the divine spark and free will, and yet somehow this perverse system we, we're living in has had us forget. That we were alive for nine months. Well, not all of us. I was in Korea. They count the nine months in the womb um, as part of your age. But Mm. what was ironic about what you were saying is the Greek Orthodox are putting the oil over the optic thalamus or the third Mm. eye or the holy spiritual center, the holy of holies, we could call it in Solomon's temple. Think about what the Catholics do. That establishment that never had a concern for the spiritual well-being of anybody, for as far as we can remember, maybe they did it the first, but from roughly the Renaissance on, they take a year-old palm that's been burnt and they smear ash <laughs> over mm-hmm. over that same area. You're anointing with oil, so you can see the intent of it when you begin to know a few things. The problem is, is you have to understand that these are even possibilities because, unfortunately, those men wearing black doesn't make them bad men, but who in their right mind would ever say, I'm here to spiritually help you. That's why I'm wearing black. Come on. This this makes no, it's one of the things that I had problem with when I was a kid, what the heck are you doing wearing black or go to the Vatican? They're wearing scarlet. That is the color of anger. Mm -hmm. Why are you wearing black? And why are you wearing anger and telling me you're here for my spiritual needs? Um, the, The truth is, is they don't know what they don't know. Most of them at this point. But we're human beings and we can get back. Our intention will steer us to places that have been lost for decades or centuries. Um, Nothing ever gets permanently lost.
0: Yeah, I think that was something that I found interesting, too, with like this modern edit and something I discuss with my friend Conrad a lot is the need to... There's almost like a gaslighting in a way that if you adhere to anything that's remotely biblical, or if you align to the older ways of thinking, it's too dogmatic. And so it's like we need to polarize towards that other other direction. And I feel like that's in a way a manipulation again, to keep you off of your middle path. But when you actually anchor in that middle point and you can objectively observe things with discernment, which I think takes practice, then you start to really uncover things. I'll definitely say that some of the older stuff that I've been reading, they're ch- more challenging to read, but they like break my head open right. and they change like it collapsed. I, I had a, a good week where I was really confronted with my identity because everything I thought I knew, which was all brought in from this new world edit, as you would say, it didn't stand up. It just collapsed. And so it was like, okay, all the things that I resisted from my mom is like, okay, she was right. And there was a level of humi- humility and also a newer way of observing myself that was very humbling. And so I think that's really interesting about you as well, because you bring up the whole concept of a Christian mystic. Could you explain that a little bit more? What let's, exactly is a Christian mystic?
1: Let's uh, maybe I'll, I'll dodge a little bit to avoid labels, but let's let's examine it where you started there. When I was young, um, I was adopted and the parents that I was never able to find or meet could say two things, um, whether or not I was allowed to find them and the religion I was to be brought up which they did. So then I uh, started going to Sunday school. And at some point it became like work because I began thinking, how many times do I need to hear this dude built a boat and put all these animals on it? Um, There's got to be more than these stories. Mm -hmm. Oh, this guy chased out evil spirits. Oh, this other guy did this. And this was a problem for me. And this is exactly what you're pointing out. It's been belittled. And what's actually held in the Bible, which is such deep meaning that it is among the most important things that we possess in this world still. Um, It's just that you've lost all the deeper meaning. You're stuck on the surface narrative. Mm -hmm. But it is such an ingenious book that the surface narrative is there to weed out the many. The many are just going to say, well, this story is good enough for me. I don't want to go any further. You have chosen your own weeding, you have weeded your own self out as part of the masses. Or as the people in control call us, they drop the M, the asses. Now, the rest of us, not very many of us who decide to go deeper, start to marvel like you just described. Oh, my word. All these things that I accepted, they're unacceptable. And look at this. How is it that I've lived my whole life and never understood the possibilities of what it means to have the divine spark? And how can it be that I've been reading or taught this book my whole life and there's like seven levels deep meaning that I never knew a thing about? The sky clock is there. The human body is there. The path to nirvana, enlightenment, heaven, whatever you want to call it, it is all there. And that is exactly what happened because the powers that be quit training those men in black to know anything. So you got these surface stories. And as I pointed out, the surface story was always about weeding out those who are not worthy to go further.
0: There was something that I was reading the other day. Um, I forgot which book it was, but it wasn't the Bible. I was mentioning the act of putting your tongue on the roof of your mouth creates a different electromagnetic currency in the body, and it actually it is a higher powerful, um, I guess, currency meditation
1: current. technique. Yes.
0: Yeah. So I was like, oh my god, that's pretty interesting. And then I was like, I'm pretty sure I read that babies when they're born, their tongues usually stick to the roof of their mouth. So I don't know what why, but I I went to like a search and I I found. I I can't remember where it was, but I found three parts in the Bible that talks about in three different situations, where if you can't find me, put your tongue to the roof of your mouth. Another one was, if they're non-believers, put the tongue to the roof of their mouth. And then there was another thing, when the baby is thirsty, they'll put their tongue on the roof of their mouth or something like that. It was in, I think, Job, Ezekiel, and one other thing. And I thought that was really interesting, and it really blew me away, and I dug into that. And I found that in Eastern practices, in biblical text, and practices like meditation, And also in a bioelectric level, the act of putting your tongue on the roof of your mouth bring you into a higher state of awareness. It calms down the parasympathetic nervous system. And this is something that's in the Bible. But when you read it, it's like, it doesn't really make sense. Like, Why would this person confronting someone speaking uh, the word of God be told that if they aren't believers, once they put their tongue to the roof of their mouth, they'll be able to understand And I, and I think that that's kind of what you're saying is if you, and I guess maybe this is my understanding of what a Christian mystic is, a being able to see the deeper levels, but also understanding that those truths reverberate, not just in the Bible, but they're, they're also found everywhere. So for me, I went out and I found these truths and then I ended up circling back and realizing that at the very foundation of what I was brought up upon, I can't dismiss it. I was only rejecting it out of rebellion towards what I believed a mechanism of control or a false sense of authoritarianism. And so I wonder how is it when you read certain texts like this, do you find these correlations and you hop around? How does well, that
1: you, you are the, the case in point, right? So mm-hmm. what 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 do you mean? Job says, do this with your tongue, it makes no sense, but there's the difference between the masses and the few. You were not content. And as soon as you began to search, to look further, look where you went, you found this whole other avenue open to you. And I should probably state search, you know, look within for the kingdom of God. You're told that a lot of times that's relating to what you're saying. Um, But for me, I was just never content. I I felt like there was something wrong with me because every time I scrutinized something, it made no sense. Mm -hmm. And if I brought it up, People would say, shut up, little kid. You don't know what you're talking about. Or, you know, they would always go badly. And so I went into a dream state when I Mm -hmm. was younger. But I knew I always knew um, that something was wrong. And when I came out of my dream state, um, fortunately for me, I've done a lot of things in my life. And and what, what was the old thing, Muhammad? I think it was Muhammad or the Muslim. Don't tell me how educated you are. Tell me how much traveling you've done. Yeah. think about what that means. And this is me. I've done a lot of things in my life and they're very different things. Every few years, I tended to drastically change um, what it is I did. And these experiences add up. But fortunately, I was also able at a very young age to go all the way across this country numbers of times uh, in the Marine Corps to go to other nations. And that pulls the bigotry right out of you. Yeah, Um, because even today you'll hear people, oh, those crazy idiots in California. Well, guess what? You got both safety pins firmly on your diapers. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can tell just by listening to what you're saying, those are human beings. And if you lived there, you would be one of those human beings. And would you care to have yourself spoke of in this way? If that's the case, then you have forgotten the golden rule. And that rule is golden for an undeniable reason. Um, and so we get to these positions where what it comes down to is life experience is really mostly what we can measure against. And so for those of us who have done, not done a lot of things, we're not cut off. We could do the very thing you did. Wait a minute. What does this mean? And you go on this intentional path. And the thing about an intentional path is it's almost like the bricks get built in front of you to take you where you need to go Mm -hmm. when your intention is true.
0: Yeah, I I almost kind of um, view it as a spiritual immunity. We have our innate immune systems in the body, but then there's another as above, so below, there's a spiritual immunity. And some people have weak spiritual immunity and they're very disconnected. And that, again, from my experience, I think everything changed for me when I changed the way I was eating. And I stopped eating basically trash. I was in a sleeper state at one point too. And in many ways, I resonate with that feeling of being different, not in a victimized kind of way, but kind of knowing, but not knowing how to deal with that. And so I also admire the fact that you spoke out and about so many things that I, I don't think people were really ready to, to take in. And so I would imagine you went through so much ridicule or a lot of people coming for you in the sense that you're presenting so many things that actually withstand the test of time.
1: If you present with a good heart and true intention, you'll be fine. Um, I don't engage in arguments. I don't engage. you know when I first got drug onto the world stage and this possibility of fame was thrust on me, uh, I was fortunate um, because I realized one day after the lunar wave was published, which I held on to for a year, that my old me had been drugged out into the public square and beat to death. Something else was here now and I couldn't stop it. At the time I changed my email and my phone and I did these things, but then I stepped back and I had a choice. I can do this and you know what's going to happen if you do this, but there was no not doing it. It became quite apparent to me that I have to be who I am. And so then I made rules for myself. And one of the earliest rules I defy anyone to go on to any place I've ever been on the internet and find me saying F off to someone or fighting with someone. Um, There might have been one or two slip ups very early on, but I made sound rules. It's this rule. Do I know the sky is blue? If I know the sky is blue, I will never argue with anyone about the color of the sky, but if they ask, I will inform them that the sky is blue. And so that's what I've done. And over time, What tends to happen is the people who have checked you out afford you enough respect that you're insulated and the others who want to attack or kick become a minuscule part of what you're aware of. And the other part of it is I am almost like a hermit. I only ingest information that I choose to ingest. Most of it is through books. I don't do research on the internet unless it's to define words and things like this. Um, And usually then I even check old dictionaries, the oldest Mm -hmm. that I have to find out what a word means. And I take nothing that comes out of my television. You asked earlier, I don't have Netflix. Um, Those things have zero value for me because that black box is a liar Mm -hmm. and it is here to basically pull you into a world of fantasy and program your mind in ways most people can't even imagine.
0: Yeah. It's interesting too, because if you actually just spent just a few minutes, you can see that there's like public or uh, declassified information where they talk about that they, they can predict or they can program the mind and they can kind of basically interfere with the way that you think. And, and also how through passive observation, your mind becomes more vulnerable to being imprinted by an external condition or story or whatever and it's interesting too because i am starting to notice that about myself i i live in new york still and for a long time i didn't see myself leaving new york but as i'm digging into these things and i'm start i'm starting to not want to remove myself because i want to participate in in i want to I don't want to be some sort of freedom fighter or anything. I think it's nice, though, to get away from the noise and to have a space in which you you have silence or you can read books that are, like you said, I'm very selective also. Now I, I'm starting to realize that I've read so much trash and anyway, so my point is, is I'm, I am starting to realize that I'm, I'm starting to be drawn more towards nature, more towards quiet, more towards things that our, our society kind of like sublimity sublimi, subliminally views as kind of primitive. So I think that's kind of an interesting thing because it's not just me. There's a lot of people that want to leave cities or they want to establish themselves in more rural areas and become more self-sufficient because they feel like What's happening is this, this attempt to control and corral and also deceive people through TV, radio, whatever. Um, systems
1: in general, right? Yeah. You're spot on. And, and I would point out, that's what a lot of this is gonna come down to. How do you like that car you're driving? Makes, mm-hmm. makes life nice and convenient. Do you like grocery stores? By the way, would you like to get on a plane because we control these systems. Mm-hmm. So now if you want these systems that make your life wait for it easier, convenient, then you're going to put up with all this other nonsense we pile on. By the way, did you get your shot? By the way, how come your face isn't covered? By the way, do you have your special card that allows you to be here? And so what you're pointing out is the proof and the honesty of nature. Nature doesn't ask you if you're inoculated. And by the way, this is another good point. There are plenty of surface narratives in the Bible that tell you all you need to know. All are of the dust and all shall return to the dust once again. Mm -hmm. Um, you don't really need a lot deeper information than that surface narrative telling you that you are made by nature. And when your little rodeo for right now, this learning cycle is done, you're going right back into nature. And that's not just true of you. That is true of everything you've ever met that could claim life, whether it was a flower, a cricket or a human being. Um, And so I think the main thing about this age is we've got to realize that we allowed corporations which are dead entities given the rights of a living man or a woman to control systems what are these systems for these systems are to tame nature well i don't want to have to walk 10 miles i want to drive so we built a car so you could do the 10 miles much more quickly it's a cheat and mm-hmm. it, it it feels funny to say that cuz we all have cars but recognize it for what it is and by the way if you want to know the truth about a car what do you know the moment you turn it on you know that corruption spews out the tailpipe. So every system that we want to get engaged with um, that was created by these corporations, these dead entities is further and further away from nature. And see what I noticed in you is what I noticed in so many. They want to get back to nature. They want to grow a garden. They want to talk to a chipmunk. They want to get back to a place where there is absolutely no lie on the face of it. It is honesty incarnate. And when you're in New York, I don't know how you do it. You're tougher than I am. (laughs) When I go to New York, I feel claustrophobic. And I'm counting the minutes until I get out. But at the same time, I'm amazed. Wow, look at that cathedral. Look at, look at, it's just, it's overload. But then it's shoulder to shoulder people and damned if there is room for a tree to spring up anywhere. I just, I gotta get away. And I, you know, I admire the <laughs> the tough skin of the people that live there. Um, but it doesn't undo, you know, what's at the center of all that, right? Central Park, Even yeah. even the people who built it had to leave some nature there.
0: Yeah, it's interesting too, because again, Steiner talks about the aramonic impulse that presents convenience at the exchange of will Right. And, and you, you're you slowly lulled into this state in which you don't have to do anything. All you have to do is surrender yourself and you can have everything. And so it's like, if you become aware of the things that are at play, it becomes very easy to discern what's happening. And the, the veil, which is very easy to see through, it collapses. But I guess most people don't want to see that. And it's, it's eroding them. Even physically, there's autoimmunity and all of these other things that are just tarnishing and creating premature entropy of the body. Do you believe in reincarnation?
1: Um, This is a catch-22. This is the exact reason I invented the word sky clock, because Mm -hmm. if I said astrology, the astronomers went to sleep. If I said astronomy, the astrologers went to sleep. Mm -hmm. So you're touching on a thing that is a word that has been put through the we control the world, new age, nonsense machine, this reincarnation idea. And in the same way, the Bible was belittled. So at one point in your life, you couldn't find the value. Mm -hmm. Um, This word that you're asking me about is a catch 22. Let me put it to you in a way that I hope is more middle of the road. Human beings are special. They go on. When you die, you do not end. That's what I will offer. Mm -hmm. And not only that, you can logically work out that if you examine your entirety of your life and then imagine what might happen until you die, is there any meaning in it? Or is it more likely that when you were alive, it's a bit like a class and there's a test or 10 tests or whatever. And if you pass that test, maybe it's like the mimicry of real life. Oh, that's a test I don't have to take anymore. Right? I I passed my basic math test, so I never need to be tested for basic math again. In some ways, that cheapening of the allegory that I'm making with tests can be applied to the human life. Mm -hmm. Um, There are plenty of things I could say about it, but for people who are not ready to hear it, it will be repellent probably and cause them to search longer to get where they're trying to go. So what I will say is when we, Shuffle off this mortal coil. We are not finished. We are special. We carry and have been granted the divine spark and free will. And don't forget your free will because everything that's going to happen to you in this dark fallen age is an offer. And if you accept that offer, you damn well did it to yourself.
0: I re- I remember once I was reading about um, Atlantis and I find similarities to the modern ideal of the future of this like technological age, and this is this isn't an older view of what Atlantis is. This is more of this like modern chanted version of what is perceived to be Atlantis, and it's presented as if it's this five G grid where everything is connected and blah blah blah. And and I think it's interesting because. If you look at our current epoch that we're in, it's the middle point. And I know that it's more of a, a loose thinking, but the way that I view it is like we're in the middle point in which we have a choice to either learn from the mistakes, even if these are non-valid channeled perspectives, but even if there is some sort of validity to it, even for the sake of allegory, what I take from it is we have to see what's in front of us and understand the, the distortions that are at hand so that we can actually break out of what people call the matrix or the karmic loop or whatever people are always alluding to. And I, I wonder too, have you heard when people say that at a higher dimensional level, there is a, a false light trap that sure. cycles you back? What is your thoughts on that?
1: I have studied every old tradition and spiritual path. I can get my hands on a good one. That would be an example of what you're talking about is what the Buddhist and some of the Eastern methods said people had searched in meditation to reach enlightenment. They finally realized they got it, but they were just in this glorious thousand year existence that was actually going to be another fall. They -hmm. thought they had escaped, yet they had not. What's hard to know is how much of this is allegory, how much of this is deeper meaning that we need to understand, how much of this is this was written in Sanskrit and every word in Sanskrit had 10 meanings or something like this or these implications. It's hard to know, but I think there's a lot of lessons there, right? How many of us in the modern way that we live have taken the time to seriously consider what's life for? Yeah. Why am I here? Why do I have the divine spark? Now, this comes to be a big part of the problem, because these six systems that we're so enmeshed in will tell you, you'll get up tomorrow, you'll go to school, you'll come home, you'll do your homework, your dad's got to get the taxes done, by the way, get your butt to DMV to get your license, oh, did you realize there's this other appointment you got to be at, everyone's got to do it, and when you're said and done, You have worked a third of your life, slept a third of your life, and that remaining third has been diced up into all these other systemic things you got to deal with. Mm -hmm. But if you break free and you begin to ask, why was I born? What am I here to do? Why do I have free will and the divine spark? Then All the differences in the world will start to become apparent to you because this material system that we've been talking so much about is designed to keep you sleepwalking Mm -hmm. and never question, why do I need to ask permission to drive a car? And so many people that just heard that will say, oh, my God, what's Crow talking about? If there wasn't licenses, all this horror, you know, but the point is you can't even consider what I just said. Mm -hmm. You immediately went to the program nature of we have licenses, and that's the only option there is. Mm -hmm. I would point out that when you are truly an adult, you take care of yourself. And not only do you take care of yourself when you are truly an adult, you take care of others. And that is a far cry from where we are right now.
0: If you were to just simply explore the nature of your existence like they did in the past, then you wouldn't be reckless and right. and and detached from other people. You would care for other people and you would also um, you, it would just be different. So it's very much programming to just automate back to, what are you talking about? That's, that's bullshit. There's no way that that would actually be the case. It would be chaotic and and whatever. And it kind of makes me think of, I think Young said it, in all uh, chaos, there's cosmos, in all order, there's a secret order. And it just kind of alludes to the, this, the grand scheme of this structure that we live in, in which people think that we need for our safety, we need order and structure. We need someone to make that make the boundaries in which we can play in, but their liberation lies in the collapsing of that. And you're seeing it now in a very low level of awareness. The layman is blaming capitalism or they're blaming one sort of ism or the other. And it's a polarized view of a much larger problem. And so I think what you just said is excellent point. I'm curious, do you ever plan on writing a book?
1: You know, a funny thing happened to me in 2019. My co-host, Jason Lindgren, said, Crow, let's take all the stuff you filmed over half a decade and make a movie. I said, nope, don't want to be famous, not interested. And he kept coming back on it. Finally, one day he said, you know, Crow, you're still alive and all this work you did is going to outlive you and people are going to say the damnedest things about all the work you did. Don't you think you as the person who shot it should at least get on the record, your point of view. And the moment he said it, my heart sunk because I knew my old crusty butt was going in front of a HD camera for two hours, Mm -hmm. which I did. Now, the idea of a book, I think may come, but my problem is, is so many people write books to be vainglorious, to be famous. If Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it, The only reason I have an interest is that it matters, that what is written helps living beings in a significant way, and that it matters to the point where it would get the name that everyone knows me by Crow. And Jason said, Crow, do you know that when you die, nobody's going to know who you were? And I said, but Jason, does it matter who I am or the ideas that we have expressed? Which Mm -hmm. of those two things is important? Am I a rock star or are the ideas important? Which of those two things is it? And he realized. So at that point, I cut another audio file that I imagine will be released sometime when I'm no longer here. To answer your question, I may write a book, but I have to be certain that it matters enough that if no name or no other idea was put on it, that it would matter. And above all things, serve living beings in some important fashion.
0: It reminds me of Paul Selig, who he w- he writes these teachings and he says, I am word through my knowing word, I am word. And it doesn't matter. doesn't matter the identity you claim or hold in that. What matters is the truth you speak. It matters the I am aspect of of what you have to say. And so I think that Personally, I like the idea of the the pseudoname, which is interesting in hindsight. I took on this name when I used to do art, Liaison, and I liked it because of the meaning of the name and to think that the things that have brought me the most joy in my life has always been communicating in the way that I am now or sharing something that I've read and resonated with, which completely takes me as the person Jamila out of the mix and it makes it about the message that I'm sharing.
1: But the living being, you've taken yeah. the person, the imaginary person away, because mm-hmm. the name is that imaginary identity. And you, it's like having a boy born in the so-called Indian era. And the mother looks up and says, oh, look, over there in nature, I will name this boy deer running. Mm-hmm. Because it's a real actual thing that I can attach to a real actual life. Where what we do is how many people named Mark have you met in your life? Yeah. It doesn't mean anything because it's a persona. It's a it's the artificial person. Yeah. Um, and this is this is where Crow started too, that um, I would no longer be identified. Well, in my case, I'm adopted too. So the 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 pers- the personhood name is is even less part of who I really am than if I you know, was actually related to the people that raised me. But at the end of the day, you're making a good point here. Ideas, 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 ideas. To be able to consider the most outlandish idea with a righteous sense of grounding. Mm-hmm. Is there use here for me? Well, I'm not sure. Okay, I will put this in my back pocket. Nope, that came out of the TV. That goes straight into the rubbish bin. Now, Mm -hmm. this other thing, I'm pretty sure there's value here. That goes in my front pocket and I will continue to walk my walk. Oh, this thing I put in my back pocket. Look, I just learned something new. Now it's coming to my front pocket or nope, sorry, not good enough. It gets thrown into the rubbish bin Mm -hmm. and we have to be adult and take responsibility. And to me, the root of all that is the golden rule. There is no more important thing you will ever take to heart. In times like these, than the golden rule.
0: Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me again of Walter Russell when he says that ideas are are given by God, but it's your will to act on the desire to manifest those ideas, and it's kind of like you use certain things that are divine right in a way of like free will your ability to to act on things that you choose. And so if you if you don't just accept everything and you choose from a sovereign, true sovereign state, because I think a lot of people believe themselves to be free because I can go outside or because I can make a decision of what I'm going to do today, I'm free. But there's the thinking of being free and then there's the knowing of being free, which is a completely different thing. And I think it's a very small group of people that know what freedom is. And, and I even question that a lot in myself is what is freedom to me? And what is it actually? And how do I embody that in my life? And so to what you're saying, it's kind of like these ideas that we get, you know, to start looking at the moon or, or to find curiosity in, in the idea of, of a, a piece of scripture that mentions uh, the tongue or, To to act on these ideas or these thoughts that come in, which it's funny how in the ancient times they were viewed as muses that were externally brought to your awareness that you got to to choose or to act on. I feel like if people really started to do that and and dismiss this distractive nature of our, our material world that only wants us to consume, which in a way is a perversion in itself, um, we would collapse so many things. And and also so many people would lift out of anxiety, depression, they wouldn't have probably so many of the things that they have right now, because they're operating in a very perverse way of, of moving through their reality, which I think is really interesting. And I know that we're kind of pushing an hour and a half. And I could honestly talk to you for the entirety of the day. So I, I I wanted to lean into wrapping up and ask, what's next for you? What are you reading? What are you thinking at the moment?
1: Um, I just reread a book by Michael Hoffman, the man who co-wrote King Kill 33 with James Shelby Downard. Uh, the name of that book, which is among the most important books I have, but not spiritually, to understand the deceptions of our world that is important. I make distinctions. Um, It's called Secret Societies and Psychological Warfare. He's about to release the sequel. He will come on Crow777radio.com to do so. Um, I just reread that for a few reasons, but on the other side of the coin, where I'd rather spend my time on spiritual concerns, I reread some of the Cell Salts information by Dr. Carey, uh, a guy named Curtis, who is also a Christian mystic, and some other people, ironically enough, who claim a route to Blavatsky. I've done shows to show that Blavatsky is mostly a myth. It's like, it's like Muhammad Ali. Can mm-hmm. you get at the real man or is, is there just myth there? Mm-hmm. But I, I will comment on this. Um, a moment ago when, when you stated what you stated, it's almost like you said, belief is the enemy of knowing. Mm-hmm. And I will point out a thing as we wrap up. You're granted at the zygote, at your creation, where your mom's material and your dad's material comes together at that instant, you are granted free will. And the divine spark, which cannot be taken from you. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. it appears you can give those things away, at least one of those things anyhow. And as you go through life, if you simply look at everything in front of you as an offer, and I'll make an example The next time you find yourself, unfortunately, in front of the judge and the judge picks up a piece of paper and he reads your name written in uppercase and says, Joe, Jacob Smith, is this you? If you do not understand what is happening in that Mm instant, then you are going to be railroaded and become one of the masses because the truth is, is that you are not your name. You are not a name on a piece of paper. You are a living man or a woman. And a living man or a woman has no place in front of a judge unless you've harmed someone or caused loss. Other than those two things, what they are doing is railroading you into surrendering your free will. So be very careful the next time someone asks you who you are or if this is you. And if you don't understand what you're talking about, get off your butt and go find out what we are talking about because we're in an era of change. The tide will come in. We're probably going to lose a large number of human beings in this dark run that's being made, but human beings don't end. There's cycle after cycle after cycle. Um, And this was known throughout time, even in early Christianity, these things were known and above all things go out today and help someone who is in need, if you have the power to do so, and make the golden rule, the most important thing in your life starting today, because it undermines what's going on in our world.
0: I think um, you touched on a lot of things there. And I, I find I'm, I'm literally smiling right now, because I so many things you hit on, even my dad said the same thing without knowing about the legal person. He said, you know, it's interesting, the concept of the I am, you find it reverberating through many texts. And even there's a part in biblical texts where I forgot the guy who in front of Jesus says, are you the man that is known as the Christ? And Jesus responds with, I am. My dad's like, if you see deeper in that, then you recognize that there's no alignment to the person, which is exactly what you're saying. And again, goes back to what we were referring to earlier. I really enjoyed connecting with you today, Crow, very, very much. And I look forward to your next episodes coming up. Um, Could you tell people where they can find you?
1: Um, I've just built a new website and due to the censorship, which is abhorrent, um, my main place for anything Crow 777 related will be crow777radio.com, that's C-R-R w777 radio.com we're soon going to have live chat file sharing it's going to be its own platform and social media can go censor or do whatever evil thing they want to anybody we will maintain freedom of speech there and respect between living beings uh, it will not be the cesspool that youtube or facebook is and uh, anyone who goes there will recognize that right now I doubled down on three eleven twenty twenty. 2020 We used to take seven days every week to produce one well-researched episode. We doubled down, we produced two. And typically at this point, we're also doing a live stream on my co-host Jason's platform. So we do 12 shows a month in an awesome. effort to offer a point of view, which is sadly sorely needed in this world of lies and darkness.
0: Are you on social at all other than YouTube and Twitter?
1: Rose runs Facebook. I do the only the only thing I run is YouTube, but I've been magically stuck on 185,000 followers for as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't post content there because they keep censoring me. So I put up content that just lets people know there's more on my site. And I use Twitter for the same thing. But as the new site shapes up, it will be a community building all-in-one privately held platform where free speech and respect for living things reigns.
0: Awesome. Do you have any last words for our listeners?
1: Sure. Go out today. If you have the power within it to help someone on this day, then darn well do it. And don't forget, don't ever forget that if you treat someone in a way you wouldn't want to be treated yourself, you are contributing to this dark fraud that is seeking to take over our world. Because truly, the divine spark granted you and the free will provide that you have respect for life. And it's really that simple. Thank you so much, Crow. It was a pleasure to connect with you. Thank you so Thank much, you Jamal. Or maybe I should say the
0: liaison. I think that a lot better. <laughs> I think so, too.